AKA Radio. Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome to another issue of Krakoa Radio. It is me, the very amazing, the very, you know, sensual, Just X Henry, and I am the Dowager of Table Night. And we are here with my fellow co-host, who is back from Jamaica, Scary McMillan. The name is Stephen Michael Alante Underwood Jr. Black word, describe a table desk. I have names and I use them. Um, I wanted to point out the fact that the first time I was out, these shady, decrepit bitches um, did not give me the honor I am due. So let me put some respect on my own name like, yeah, because my name was popular and spoken from my own mouth. Yes. Did I? Did I really? Did I really? I was quite sweet the first time. The first time Showtime okay. wasn't here. Because you know the, the Tardy slips a mask um, and swore across the board. You, you um, just but he who always been, shows you know, up. We were returning the favor. How about this? Lean closer to your mic, baby. Sweetie, I'm in the car. You tried it. You sound like you're calling in from prison. Um, I'll post bail. Put some one of your books, baby. This has been Table Dust. You're welcome. Your table did survive an attack by an eternal. Keep it cute. Oh, wow. We're going there. No. My wow. table. Okay. Wow. It was necessary. Wow. We'll talk about tables. That still here. All members of my table still here. Each and every one. The table of victory, though. You're one short and a little bit heartless. We're too <laughs> short. We don't wow. need all three. Wow. Keep it cute. Okay. Uh... If you didn't need we all didn't three, why did you lose? My table kept into the fight to the bitter end, baby. Sing a song about that. It's you, Henry. <laughs> um... Uh, also, um, our <laughs> peacekeeper who's not doing their job, the wind god Vontae. <laughs> um, this is the one time I was living for the mess. <laughs> um, and your region is here, table day. <laughs> um, yeah, um, I, I'm failing on my job. I'm supposed to break that up, but I, I, I love a good, uh, I love a good read down. So, continue. <laughs> And we are going to continue. Anything else, Dr. Showtime? He wants to come for me, but not his internet connection. That's a damn shame. Don't try me. My head, my uh, earphones disconnected temporarily while I got in and out of the car. But um, that's cool, robot Jones. Don't don't try me, girl. Don't keep it cute over there, because the table of loss and the, I'm sorry, the seat of loss is still winning over here. You tried while you over there, just a, a, a bundle of worms and shit, and a pile of of magic metal. You tried. <laughs> that, you know, that was really that was really giving uh, when Mo, when Monique read uh, Giselle at the at the uh, at the reunion. You sitting over there, your baby daddy, your kids don't even like, your kids ain't even happy. Pass, pass the holy whore. The whole smashed and you know it. you talking you know. shit. <laughs> Stephen Lambert, you still get... 
lived. I I'm not seeing what the issue is. Every member of my table is untouched. But you get you visionless, victoryless. Two of your niggas was no more. You tried. Allegedly. But what future are you seeing in death? The bitch is dead, Showtime. The bitch died. Did she see that coming? Oh, she did. <laughs> Wrote a whole prophecy on it. She okay. sat next this to the bitch who's going to kill her and could do nothing shit, about she it. she could have gone anyway. So today we have right, right. X430. <laughs> we have New Mutants 28, X-Men 13, and... um. X, uh, Death of Mutants number one. <laughs> See what happens when I just go lay on the beach and everyone gets so resentful to me. I just wanted a little day to myself. You know, I was in Jamaica. The sun was sunny. The women and the men were fine as fuck. Oh, my God. <laughs> How was the homophobia? Did it taste good? Don't you know, my cousins like that. Don't, don't talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> You're aware of it. I went to the club. I was in a club in Jamaica, and you know, I've never felt such a little urge to twerk in my life. Um, and I opened uh, Jack and Grinder out there, and oh, wow. so many faceless accounts, neck oh, yeah. down. Oh yeah. And I was like, I respect it. I ain't gonna knock y'all. I'm gonna I knock y'all. I live out have, here. Uh, your picture up there. Why? Because you be probably the only person in Jamaica. <laughs> I've been Jamaica on Jack before. Really? What was I didn't, I didn't hook up with nobody though. Yeah. That's unfortunate. Yeah, I was in a villa in a thoroughly protected area. <laughs> well, like well, like Steven said, like no one has their photos up. And also just like they're not gonna share their photos. Yeah. So like you like it's like Russian roulette, like dead ass. And then that's the thing too. But also the other side of it too is they don't really mess with foreigners, specifically Americans. Cause they know it, it can fuck up their business. Somebody goes back to the United States say, like, oh, don't go to Jamaica because they're already homophobic and they're killing us. So that's that's gonna be an international incident. However, I won't take no chances, but I'm gonna say I'm gonna look. I was in a very secure location when I opened it up. Um the villa we were staying at was expensive enough to be like that. Um, so I felt safe to do it. Um, there, there, there you go, Emma Permafrost. <laughs> right we got it. We get it, Steven. We're I saw everything we missed, though, um, last week. I, I had my deal with myself not to get into any it's like social media shit. I kept it away from myself. I, I came, posted my pictures. It was only joy and vibes, and that's it. I did see Bo, who follows us on our account, listen to everything y'all have to say about it. I completely agree. Y'all, like, y'all said in the group chat, y'all was like, oh, you know, he might not be following us for long, lol. Y'all was really respectful about it, honestly. I didn't I mean, say nothing violent. It was nothing like you a shady bitch, uh, and that's why your titties going to deflate. Nothing like that. Well, I don't, I, I'll say so You have a tier three fucking OnlyFans account. Y'all didn't say that shit. But yeah, but people's like interpretation of certain messages is different. So, and also, and also, like, I feel like I feel like go to that thing my mother always says to me. She's like, um, "The toes you step on today may belong to the ash you have to kiss tomorrow." Mm-hmm. So, like, because he's also in the industry of what we're doing, is like, 
it's easy to read the girls. However, I was like, let me just be fair diplomatic about this. You know, I don't agree, but like reading him really, I like you never know like where we may cross paths with this man. And he's like, I want to eat, you know, Henry's ass. And and he didn't talk bad about me. So hey, don't get it wrong, but we'll still fuck you. Like <laughs> this is nothing to do with the fact that you are very attractive. And I don't talk myself out of ass. So <laughs> but at the same time, I got to, I never navigate that a lot. Like um I have these opportunities. Y'all know about some of the opportunities that popped up um for me recently. But it's always that like walking like that like thin line because like there's the aspect of like I'm trying to be diplomatic. Even on this show, sometimes I'm like, I'm trying to be diplomatic because I don't want to drag too much. But then sometimes it's a Jeffrey Thorne situation where I need to tell you a fucking pussy to your face. Or Rob Liefeld. Mm-hmm. Or Rob, Rob Liefeld. You must eat ass. decrepit, rotten milk, bitch. Right. Some people, some that people said, the artist from Static, he's perfect. He does nothing wrong. Um, his artwork is beautiful. I'm not sure what y'all are talking about. The man currently drawing for Static is untouchable. <laughs> Oh, I, I don't know. I don't think I don't think I had an opinion about that. I just I don't His think I artwork is perfect. You guys just don't get manga or anime inspired work. Girl, ma'am. You guys just don't watch anime. Like if you watched anime, you would get it. And I for one is his number one fan. And he ever wants to discuss the art that he's putting together for static, I'll be the first in line. Girl, that series oh is not currently oh. ongoing, so you can stop. It's so good. <laughs> Oh, no, I'm, not, I'm not saying this because I just really support him. Oh, my God. I have all his pictures on Instagram. We popped in the milestone documentary. I got a little flutter in my stomach. Um, <laughs> oh, my God. Yay. He is, I, I, so, he is so fine, y'all. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know who we're even talking about. He is so fine. I'll put a picture to the group chat. He is a beautiful man. But that's the thing. Most of Black artists and comic book creators are fine. And two of the ones in my head right now are also queer. So... <laughs> mm. It's Nana. I love that shit. Greg is hot. Um, Kwanzaa, also attractive. All right, y'all. What, what book are we rating first? <laughs> yeah, I <was> like... <laughs> Yeah, because Stephen over here feeling the fantasy, and then we all looking around like, okay, can we go ahead and get these books? We even pick a we even pick an order today. Vontae, pick the order. Um, I say that we start with the I say we start with the lesser one. So let's start with X Force. Then we can do New Mutants. Um, the most action that happened would probably be in um. X-Men 13, so we could say that for the last one, and then have um, the Axe of um, Axe Death of Judgment to be number three. So, X-Force, New Mutants, um, Death of the Mutants, and then um, X-Men. Alright, so, since we're here, uh, X-Force number 30, uh, judges your scores. Eight. Like, I guess, plus six. Uh, 7.5. I give it a nine. Let's discuss. Um, 
probably the best experts book that ever dropped. <laughs> I was actually entertained, and I thought they'd want to like kind of glaze over um, Quentin's death and just roll into other things. But I'm not really sure what does this specifically have to do with Judgment Day. It but, doesn't. That's why. Yeah. I, that's why I gave it a six. I'm like, this has absolutely nothing to do with Judgment Day. I mean, it was a cute issue, but like, I mean, this this really didn't tie into anything. Like, this was mostly about Craven and Deadpool. Which honestly, not a bad combination. If you no. want me to if you want me to care about exports, take Wolverine out, definitely. And like centering Deadpool just gives it a bit more joy other than the grim dark shit it was trying to go for before. I don't like Deadpool. I hate Deadpool Same. as a character. That's what I gave it a nine. I enjoy him most when he's in an X-Men book, honestly. Like him, he is a charter member of the X-Force. I would never decry that. He's a charter member of the X-Force. Um, if anyone who is human deserves to kind of be allowed on Krakoa, I, I wouldn't argue against Deadpool being allowed to just roam that's, around because he has been he put in blood. But Deadpool also conflates the thing about like who's allowed and who's not allowed because Deadpool's technically a mutate, correct? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So why so, and, and and also Dr. Sinister, I mean uh, Mr. Sinister. So just like, why was Sinister allowed but not Deadpool? That's the thing I always found really confusing. Sinister is technically a mutant now because the body he's in has an X gene. That's cheating. And Juggernaut is, is cheating also, and he is just a nigga with a magical at this point. But it's mostly also because the meta considers them mutants. Like, why is the Deadpool movie most of the B plot in Deadpool's movie is that the X Men trying to recruit him? And it makes sense because. Like, it wouldn't be the Avengers trying to recruit Deadpool. And, like, no, no one movie brings up the fact, like, you're not a mutant. You just have, like, genetic mutations. No one brings it up because it doesn't actually matter. Right. And right. it's never right. mattered. Like, people confuse Juggernaut for being a mutant all the time. Well, for a while, he was retconned as a mutant. Wasn't he? Bring it in the Siege Perilous. Just let them walk through it and come out mutants, honestly, because it's too convoluted for me to care about. Right. I know people have their feeling about giving people X genes as a thing in the ter- in the current era. So just let them walk through the stage perilous and walk out mutants. I hate that. I, <laughs> I really hate that. But no, I enjoyed the book. I enjoyed uh, the humans thinking that Black Tom Cassidy was Elvis coming through the gate. Um, <laughs> I, 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 I do love I love Omega Ray. You know, I like me a surly man. And and and, and I like I those very, tentacles. The thing is, like, because I feel like I feel like Showtime probably agree with me. I think me and Showtime are very much Omega Ray. Like, girl, Deadpool too much. We here on business, girl. You know what? I'd rather you just be dead and pinned to the ground. I'll figure out the, the mission myself. Girl, you in the way? Yeah, I would have moved exactly how Omega Ray did. N- nigga, you're annoying. Don't yeah. Care. Right. I just yeah. got back. They all we like. I ain't stupid. I know this is some trial bullshit. They got us on, and you sit here fucking around and playing. Like, girl, if you don't go and sit your ass down so we can get this fucking mission over with. And then Michael Red said, I am not going back to Russia. Right. I also love a Kraven moment. I love Kraven the Hunter. I love Kraven the Hunter. I'm sorry. He's one of my favorite villains, even when he's not being a villain, technically. Yeah. And the idea of him hunting mutants, because they call him the Apex Predator. 
Um, you know, I will say this about Craven. I'm surprised his character is still allowed to exist because it is slightly problematic. It's incredibly problematic. And yet, I love it. <laughs> and and yeah, I love it. And, and, and the thing is, like, I'll say this contextually, it doesn't bother me that he's a hunter, he's a poacher, he breaks the law. That doesn't bother me. That's what they really are. So the characterization is spot on. But I'm really shocked that he's allowed to thrive in, in the PC culture that we live in nowadays. Well, he never really thrives. They only bring him in when he needs to do his thing as I'm the greatest, basically one of the greatest fighters on this planet. Like the fight with him and Electra was disgustingly beautiful. The fight with him and the, uh, oh, the Electra book. Nigga. And that's yeah, why I'm never, I'm like, he should have been in the Black Panther movies. I'm like, I'm kind of upset that y'all did not include Kraven for whatever reason they had. Because I'm like, Kraven feels like, yes, he's a Spider-Man villain, but he feels like a character who's designed specifically to stand opposite of T'Challa. But that's also the real piece to the argument that they, they don't give Spider-Man's rogues the same credit they give Batman's rogues. Because Spider-Man mm-hmm. has some really good villains that he goes up <laughs> against. Yep. The only ones that are equal are literally the X-Men's robes. And and I will say that, like, the stakes are always higher for me for Spider-Man sometimes than they are for Bruce. Because the thing the difference between Spider-Man and Batman is just, like, white privilege and wealth. Peter got a clock in. Yeah, Peter got a clock in. Bruce can be like, (laughs) I'm going to Central Pay for the day and we have... uh, uh, Alfred standing for me is a holodra- holographic projection of me, but it's really Alfred speaking. He don't wow. got unlimited PTO. He don't. Right. Right. I'm out here like banging Talia, checking on da- Damien, and beating their granddaddy ass at the same time. Like, like the strategic decision for the writers to make Peter Parker like a freelancer in so many different jobs, like, is it's because he needs to be able to just drop whatever the fuck he's doing. But that also causes him not to make money. Right. Because actually, like, being freelance in New York myself, (laughs) (laughs) it is, Spider-Man's characterization has aged very well. No one talks Mm -hmm. about that. Mm -hmm. Listen, listen, I'm living in the Bronx. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Closet. Right. And and his consistent reboots and retcons to keep him grounded, I think, we we really are talking about Spider-Man. This is really interesting. Mm -hmm. We are not... We are not a Spider-Man podcast. We are not. And we respect you, baby, because you are right. also confused for a mutant in canon. <laughs> right, and the, and the mutant girls like you, too, because, you know, Kitty Pryde loves herself from Spider-Man, child. And also Firestar, but we'll get into her in a second. Let's see. Uh, 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 <laughs> I like I the book. I appreciated Wolverine cussing out Krakoa, even though his, his opinion of Krakoa is kind of irrational. Like, he's like, I want to trust you. I want to believe in you like everyone else does. You, this shit just keeps happening. And Krakoa is just like, girl, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. <laughs> Who's Kid Omega? Like, you're yelling at a tree. Yeah. And didn't he, like, but didn't he break a law? Oh, for Harmon the law? Yeah, Harmon and, like, wasn't that a law they just threw, like, Somebody in the hole for that. So, but that's that, why, that's, and that's why that, the girl that he didn't anti- atomize it. Like the issue was when dude was doing it, he was, was he was disintegrating like atoms. It couldn't be healed. 
what Wolverine did basically is amounts to like just cutting down some trees. It can grow them back. And he showed that like that's not against the law if you do that. It's if you take a subatomic bomb and like detonate that shit and I can't heal from it. Okay. Like what he happened with old dude is that he hurt it so badly that he that Xavier had to show him the other side of the island because Krakoa had to suck the life out of a bunch of people and almost kill them to recuperate what was happening all around him. Okay. You can like cut grass, you can like trim a garden, you can do shit like that. That doesn't hurt it. Cutting it doesn't hurt it. It's the other shit. Okay. Makes sense. Mm. Ronto, your voice sounds so deep this morning. How you doing? I'm good, baby. How you doing? I'm good, daddy. Ooh. Thank you. I'm gonna check in. <laughs> you can't be talking to me like that. You know, my pussy get loud. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I heard it growls. <laughs> so I think that's all we have to say about the X-Force. Like, I personally think this is one of my favorite versions of the book. I'm, I'm actually, I actually paid for this book this time. And I'm happy I did because I wanted to make sure that is reflected that this is the kind of story I will even conceive of supporting for X-Force versus like everything else before this book that I actually feel like she got the book canceled. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fair. Oh I, oh, I, oh, I love, oh, I also like, um, by the way, the party had uh, Sage and Beast, Good Cop and Bad Cop. Because <laughs> <laughs> that, that, uh, the data page of those, those uh, articles they wrote, um, they just have two, it's, like, it's kind of like they put them side by side and it's like how they both view things and Sage is like, oh, I'm keeping the kids. <laughs> I'm keeping the kids. The kids are staying with me. Like Sage, I love that Sage is finally like getting some like she get from behind that desk and like really becoming a boss and an expert instead of being like base underling. Like she's like, nah, because girl, you can't be trusted. So go, he just needs a demotion. Like, I, I feel like he needs a demotion. That shit he was talking about, I don't do field work. Right, right, girl. Girl. Don't be above it now. Now, Bo want to say something about treating people like they're expendable. It's that, like, X-Force, I feel like it's a weird book because Beast is doing some wild shit in there. I'm like, okay, yeah, I can see that. That's a specific circumstance. I think you're not supposed to see it. Like, it's a good thing. Um, right. But it is what it is. Put Beast on the... Uh, give Beast a sinister seat on the Quiet Council. Just, you know, cause chaos. Spice okay, that shit know, up. That's funny you said it because um, Dark Beast is on the Quiet Council in the X-Men um, uh, 97XC1II book. He's on the, he's on the uh, Quiet Council. It's really interesting. Cause, cause, like, cause, X1994. Oh, that's right. So, so Beast died on... That world with that guy who was trying to marry Storm Polemicus. Yeah. He died. Oh, Archon. Archon. So he died on their world. So when he died and they and they re and they um you know resurrected him in the Kakoa protocols, he came back as Dark Beast from the Age of Apocalypse. Mm. So they used so, that whole situation so, with other worlds. Right. So they don't know that they have Dark Beast from the Age of Apocalypse sitting on the choir council. I hope they do that with Gambit. I hope we get um, a different version of Gambit when he comes back. Not his mm. broken brain. I'm so many different things, but I'm nothing at the same time. Just give us a personality. You know, Rogue has been proof that if a personality is strong enough, it will rise to the surface and hurt. 
don't you don't you bash Rogue. You bash mm-hmm. my man. Rogue is one of the very few respect. white girls that uh, we respect. She's yeah. an ally. She's Dolly Parton. I I would never disrespect Rogue. She is ever. a Dolly, Dolly Parton of of of, of mutants. <laughs> we know her. <laughs> this is she's star from star. Wow, <laughs> that sounds racist. I just said that loud. I thought she, she should did. play like. A young Emma Frost or something, the actress um, who plays her. But now that I just said it, because she's naturally a brunette, she could play Rogue. And it also we had we had to stand the fact that she's in an interracial relationship with that Creole man. Yeah, so she she actually wouldn't because she's a good actress. She actually wouldn't be bad. I can see. And you know, Rogue a hood rat. That's true. She's trash. She is. <laughs> yeah, Rogue is white trash. And All right, let's look at the next book. Okay, New Mutants number 28. Be y'all, you will always be famous. I'm going to give it a 10. 10. 10. 10. Oh, hey, we give it a 10. Bobby gave it a 10, too? He is, but I would have to say, I know this is just me being a little fanboy. But I love in the beginning that they referenced um, Xena, the warrior princess. With the chakra. <laughs> oh, my God. That I was like, okay, go ahead. Ten. Ten. <laughs> because magic is Xena, the warrior princess. I now directly want to say, I think she's a reference directly to Xena. I love that for her. I love the artwork. I love the story. I love how we giving the Goblin Queen a moment. I hope we see more of her. I love how magic was dragging niggas for saying that she don't do magic. She said, what the fuck do you think the sword is? <laughs> right, right. Like, so why like, am I throwing no, fireballs? I have all the magic I need right here. Leave me alone. <laughs> she said, you thought I wasn't doing magic? Yeah. What, what, do you, what do you think I was doing by swinging the sword around? Like, girl. Right. You get the fuck out my face. I love that magic's a bitch. I love that, too. <laughs> And I and I love that we got more of magics like what happened in limbo with her and what she experienced and how we got to where she is today. Um, I still want more clarity about um well, well not clarity. Uh, I'm glad that that Colossus is like something happened in Russia and he's aware that something happened, but he's not sure what happened. Cause I I'm thinking the whole time that he got brainwashed and he's been like a secret agent the whole time. He's still himself in his right mind, but he doesn't know what what tampering happened. He's like, girl, I'm missing. So basically, how old Russian dude's power? The narrator, I think his name is the narrator. His power works is like you know the power I pitched for like my um, Hellfire Gala. Mm-hmm. Oh, you being a, a bottom. How can it be a bottom when you're already the omega of that? How can it sit on the council? We um, epsilon bottoms are allowed. Epsilon bottoms are the proper terminology for verses, so I'll allow it. Uh, <laughs> um, well, you know, you know, I didn't say it, but you know, facts are facts. So within that, it's just a fundamental truth that like the power that he has isn't mind control. He is like subtly bending reality okay. by writing about it. So it's like a death okay. note, really. He's wherever he writes and it happens as long as it is in line with your characterization. So it's really an art, it's a conceptual art-based power if you see him on a rock, though. So he writes, 
so that he writes what you're doing and like basically he controls like the uh the prose boxes in your comic strip so like oh, back he, in the day you know Chris Caramon, yeah. he like storm rages and the weather around her reacts striking everything all around her with passion and love things like that that would happen in those boxes that's what he controls he can't control the dialogue he can't control the rationalization he can only direct them towards an outcome and like puppet them basically and so colossus is being puppeted but he doesn't really recall it what the fuck he's doing so like basically he is the fourth he controls the fourth wall yeah okay got it that makes sense and whatever doesn't fit into colossus's plot gets retconned he doesn't remember it yeah because yeah, he did something to Colossus, and it's still not clear what he did to Colossus. Because otherwise, telepath would detect it. It's not psychic in, orient- in orientation. Right. I wonder if a third eye detected. Probably. I thought Sinister made a reference that he knew Colossus was, he like, being influenced in a way. He didn't know. He knows that he's not in control. His highlight Immortal X-Men issue, where we found out that he has a more requirement. Okay. And it's probably yeah. because he saw the outcome of Colossus being controlled like this and just reset the timeline. He can know shit that he really shouldn't know, just off the strength that he resets the timeline. If Destiny has seen a future where they are destroyed, then most likely um, Sinister has experienced that future. Right. Absolutely. Um, what about this book? What about the book? What are we uh oh uh yeah, Maddie's new costume, Showtime. She has a soul sight. I love that for Maddie. I love it for her. I do. It's real metaphorical. It's her turning her trauma into power, just like magic did. She still has a sort of underboob vibe going, but it's a vibe and not necessarily an actual underboob. Mm-hmm. An illusion of an underboob. It's the implications that count. What, yeah. what are your thoughts on um, Magic's new costume and sword? Alien superstar. Oh, I'm mad because I want to get that fucking Magic. I would say Beyonce, Giselle, knows Carter, you have ruined the word unique. Some woman said <laughs> I was some white woman said look unique at work the other day and I got immensely triggered. And I was just like, and that's all I can hear was, was unique. I, Beyonce, we gonna fight, sis. Cause now that I'm like, yeah, you ruined, you ruined you it. You mean circle perilous. Basic words, sis. Right. Basic words, you done ruined it. You done ruined it, Beyonce. God damn it. Every time that woman was like, you know, you look so unique in my head. I'm just like, you unique? What's it called? It's a challenge by cunt. It's a challenge by cunt. You are so cunt, we have to fight. Challenge by cunt. Oh my god. Oh my god. I am. I told you she put crack in. She put crack in some of these these tracks. <laughs> it's, it's, there's no way. Or in all the albums. There's no way. Maybe okay. y'all responded to me when I, I said all that shit. I said Alien Superstar uh, whole thing to that whole transformation sequence. And they were like, you know, I wrote this before Renaissance came out. I had no idea, but now definitely you should be listening to uh, <laughs> Alien Superstar every time you read this page. Right. <laughs> I can't. Every day of my life. You know, yeah. I read through the Marvel comic uh, app, right? So, like, it's that little panel by panel thing. 
that happens. You swipe and you only get like a little bit of the page, and so it's more cinematic. I loved it for myself. It was a whole love, I love guided view. That's love why I'd be reading uh, books uh, digitally more more than I read them physically because the little guided view always it helps me figure out how this conversation is supposed to go. Yeah. I also like cinematics. I want them to release more cinematics of like whole comic book events of like, you know, when you're doing the trailer for the accident, you got that voiceover, someone reading cuts lines in a German accent um, and getting that emphasis of Mystique dragging the fuck out of her own child. Because <laughs> like, like, don't want to talk about how Mystique really be giving the Nightcrawler like she marrying Precious. I let you live, bitch. Like oh, some Annalise cheating shit, dragging the shit out of him. <laughs> I threw you that little, I threw you that little ocean and let you live, bitch. But real bitches do what a bitch gotta do. That, that she be like, I'm looking at six and time like, girl. Other ex gonna ask them, what are you doing? 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 She said, she said, her told me, after he told me to shut my fat ass up, like, like. Literally, like, shut my fat blue ass up. What'd you do? Like, I shut my fat blue ass up. Right. Mystique sitting there, no, Destiny sitting there, cuddled up with uh cuddled up with Nightcrawler, and Mystique said, That's my band. And she wanted my son. Yeah, like they who, who, who gonna love me? Who 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 who, who, yeah. who, 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 gonna, keep, who gonna keep me warm at night? <laughs> yeah, that whole that whole family relationship is very dark. Nightcrawler very dark. based on a novel by Push. Right. Exactly. That shit is a mess. Um, oh, we going to hell. Okay. <laughs> but no, new, I'm sorry, we're going to limbo. New Mutants sent across the board. I'm glad the story arc is ending. I want to see what's next. I but thought I'm like, Doc and being it. sexual in the preview for next next uh, issue. But I actually like that we got a full, like, because like, one thing I will say about New Mutants as a book as a whole since its inception in the Krakoa age is that they have given us arcs the entire time instead of like hopping around from event to event and it not making sense well that's mostly Vidi Ayala Vidi Ayala is a writer writer like right I'm not just saying that because we're mutuals on Twitter now because I don't like because one thing I didn't like about uh, X Factor in hindsight was a lot of times the book would like it was it like the book read like an anime which was good and bad bad because Every issue was like like almost an individual thing, but it was always be the, the behind the scenes prodigy got got raped and murdered. Trigger warning, sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was like versus like it being the subtext of the of the story, not giving it really good credence. And what people was what people were upset about with the prodigy story was the fact that like we really never really dived into it. But because I understand anime style reading, why it didn't bother me as much. I think it's in hindsight why it didn't bother me as much. Um, that like now in hindsight it's like oh that's why that sucked because they never like really arced the story they kind of just spread it across all like 12 or 13 issues of the way that or 11 issues of the way that shit yeah was and one thing about vita is they're gonna like loop that shit back in like they even loop back together the goblin part about the goblin being like mm-hmm. oh magic did this really nice thing to this wizard and so mm-hmm. he himself created this chronological like anomaly to go help her right I was like, oh, okay, that's Vita, Vita, She did it herself job. every single way. Vita, great job, beloved. Great job. You are doing, you are doing well. You're doing amazing, sweetie. You know what my pitch is? 
even though I know we're not going to get it because like Vita is really invested in like doing every new mutant and giving them like a real arc. Mm -hmm. Um, so we got like we gotta go through Boom Boom, we gotta go through Magma. (laughs) We're not we're not even close to done with the new mutants. But I would respect if Vita decided that they want to do the new X Men next instead, and so go back to Prodigy and um, the rest of them. You know, Surge is racist ass and Dust. Precious dust. Um, and but decided, I, yeah. I just want to see like how Vita would handle the prodigy, like healing from like being raped and murdered, um, and failing. Kind of, I don't want to say failing, but it is what happened. Like you got like a some random Ed Burke motherfucker got the drop on you, and you have the abilities of Wolverine and like every great X Men in you, so that couldn't happen. And you still flopped. Right. Right. That's that and, and that's something to unpack and discuss. Like and I but that's one thing I will say about Vita Yala's writing is that it really it really gives homage to the original New Mutants book about it being character focused and the nuances of their experiences versus it just being like action, action, action. Cause action does matter, but like you you have kids fighting, mm-hmm. and to see where the kids are now is also really great to see, like where the where the kids have grown and changed and evolved into these different people now. Like you see, Rain, you almost forget that she tried to fuck a high schooler. Yeah, she did. Rapist. Rain be gone. You going. were his teacher. You was a teacher. I mean, ain't no worse than that motherfucker who sat in his classroom butt naked in his drawers. Listen, I've been avoiding that topic like the fucking plague. Nico posted that on his on his uh, YouTube account. And I just went, no. <laughs> no thank did you. A video, Nico did a video about it. Yeah. Oh shit, child. You know you made it, child. When Nico said it, start talking about you, bitch. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, cause, no, I've been, I've been, I've been. I've been I think in two Nico's videos. So child, I know child, you know, I'm a star. I made a Nico's aesthetics fucking uh YouTube star. <laughs> but you, you girls, you you girls, you girls, let me tell you something about you girls. You girls ain't talking about shit if Nico not talking about you. Let me tell you right now. <laughs> you know, Nico, I said that shit, child. The girls, you girls don't matter like I matter. Cause Nico said it's talking about me. Okay. <laughs> you faggots can never. <laughs> I'll, tell you, I'll tell you, I'll tell you, baby, baby, I'll tell you, uh, because um, because I'd be calling Nico um uh, uh TNZ. You make it, you make it on Nico press, bitch. That's a whole different situation, child. That's what was like. Ben Odia and Nico, bitch, you in it? You in trouble? You in? You in what trouble? What did what did what did Cipher on the Extra Words episode? The only one I ever listened to. He said Cipher is Omega level in your business. Right. <laughs> I told Nico, I said, Nico, you are, you got to call yourself a journalist now because you be documenting the girls. <laughs> Girl, that's it's to a point people will preemptively go up to Nico and go and DM him and go, please don't write about this. Please don't. <laughs> right. Girl, did you hear? Mm-mm-mm. Yeah, child. Nico on it's Femi Williams. Long. That's Nico's yeah. name. Femi Williams. Femi Williams. But the thing that I will give Nico credit for, he's not immensely messy. He just has, like, criticism and critiques about stuff. But it never comes across, like, 
sensational gossip like like mm-hmm. call it when unlocked it's not messy. it is it is really more on a tmz kind of side in my opinion i don't think that he like is malicious i don't think he's intentionally malicious unless it's, unless it's that uh, unless you do on gay for pay then you know that's that, that's uh nico's trigger word trigger word right there you can't yeah, do gay for pay not like the gay yeah, for pay yeah, yeah, yeah that shit that, that it sends that baby every time every time gay for pay but to be fair that. i get why nico doesn't fuck with it because like the whole enterprise of it is in itself like revolving around exploitation. Like you're saying, I'm gonna sell you one thing and then don't, but like you're not broadcasting that. You're using the um the implications, as they say on Always Sunny in Philadelphia, the implications of it, you know, that's where it gets them. Um right. it's harmful, it's directly harmful. And then like they're also have the nerves to be combative towards your gay fans and to like every five seconds tell them like, but I'm not gay, I don't want that gay shit, blase blase, but you like it's just like it, it's reinforcing some really fucked up things. I see why Nico doesn't fuck with it. Um, but also, like that's why I also had that conversation with Nico about when he started his OnlyFans account. I was like, make sure you tell them what they're about to get into. And he's like, I was already gonna do that. I'm so okay, good. But that's my girl. I already told him like sometimes that the key of journalism is realizing that some things aren't worth covering because sometimes the harm of mm-hmm. talking about the state that we mm-hmm. can go over is mm-hmm. more mm-hmm. dangerous uh, than just, like, not talking about it at all. Um, and that's the challenge of good journalism is asking yourself. Don't end up that Lena Wilson chick who decided to drop that Amanda Steinberg DM. And now, sis, good luck. Fight for her life. But, she, but, but you know, but that, but that other lady, too, the one that dropped the, uh, the, uh, the, the black psychologist woman. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, uh, yeah, she didn't shut down her motherfucking twist. She didn't lock her shit because we all, because I, you know, I found her account easy, and I mentioned her ass like you fucked up for like putting that woman in harm, but you doxed her like. Yeah. I, I, I had I had unkind thing I really wanted to say, but I want my account to get suspended, get suspended. So. <laughs> Keep my mouth shut, but like you need you need your ass whipped for real. Because I mentioned most of the nice. whole situation too, because I was in Jamaica, so I couldn't be bothered. But then when I got back, it was already too late. Yeah, she already she already fucked up. You didn't fuck you didn't fucked up. AA Ron, you didn't fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> but back to the topic, Vita. You know, Vita's the one to write that new mutants comic. I will be happy to explore Prodigy's trauma. I think, I think Surge needs an arc where she addresses like the cringe, like horrible things she was saying to Dust. In retrospect, I don't think the Surge today as a character. I don't think it it's not redemption be, arc. I don't think it needs to be a whole arc. I think it just needs to be a Dust casual one shot comic. You used to be really awful to me. <laughs> you bullied me. Moving. You were a menace to me under the guise of feminism. Like, you were horrible I to me. Give, I wouldn't even give that bitch that much credit. I think it's important because I'm like, the, the writer in me wants to respect the fact like she wasn't meant to be interpreted like the way that she ended up. It's just the things that they were doing was inherently fucked up. <laughs> the writer is to blame more so than the character because the writer was using the character as a voice piece for things that they believe was fair criticisms. Just like having Elixir be racist and like sharing our room with Prodigy or Prodigy's whole like Obama era mentality of like being black but not too black. Uh-huh. Trying so hard not to be a stereotype because they felt like for one reason or other sync was a problem. Right. You still working on that uh, Prodigy as a Snow Queen merchandise or whatever the hell? Oh, it's dropping soon. All right. 
Prodigy's a Snow Queen. Y'all don't hear about it to the day I fucking die. Or two, I can forget how him as a character, and he dates exclusively black men, specifically gentle. Because I I do like that. If those things can walk up to Prodigy and go, "This is my little bro. This is my nigga," and none of y'all can touch him. <laughs> All right. So speaking of things that need to die, like uh, like uh, Prodigy's um, taste for white men. Um, we move on to Avengers X-Men Eternal. The Adante Wattification of Prodigy. Uh, judges, your scores? <laughs> I gave it an eight. The uh, art walk would make me want to throw up. Nine. I would say a... Oh, yeah, I'll give it an eight. Uh, uh, I guess I'm giving it a an eight. Mm. I thought I thought it was good. I thought it tied in pretty well to the um, X Men issue, and then seeing Xavier and Zorus get into a psychic battle—that shit's pretty lit too. Now I will respect this issue because they put so much respect on Xavier's name. I hate the man as a person, but I would yeah. never hate the man as a telepath ever. And how they illustrated everything going down in Zerus is like, this is a fucking problem. Um, and the only time he's ever done that before is towards a god, Zeus. I I just like well, how they explain the differences between eternal uh-huh. tele- telepathy uh-huh. and mutant telepathy uh-huh. and explained uh-huh. it with uh, like a video game metaphor that the, the mutants um, have stronger attacks but the uh, Eternals have way more hit points. They didn't say defense. They just said hit points. That's key also to use their RPG analogy. That means the hit they do not hurt. <laughs> and if, so if you are a weak bitch, them shits would hurt a lot more. They said literally, we're playing a stalling game because they're fucking us up. Um, and we can't keep this up. For long, like basically, you say like, it's an admission, like you're, we can't beat them, like we have more hit points, we can't dish. They said nothing about dishing damage to the mutants from Kokoa. They weren't, they were getting hurt because Charles no, not was holding off the Unimind by himself, yeah, right, right. And I might be a bad dad, I might be abusive, I might be you know, negligent, I might be extorting every member of the X Men. I might be manipulating every single person and misusing my gifts in every single way, but I'm not weak. <laughs> I am the telepath. Well, the T is Xavier is the Xavier Banks of the mutants. Well, Papa got a bad talent. person with immense talent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. immense talent, but very problematic. Very Horrible problematic. vibes. Very problematic. And I like Azalea Banks. I mean, because a lot of times she's usually right in hindsight. Um, but it's it like, girl, why did you say it like that? Yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely her delivery, I think. It's just because it's, it's, go ahead, baby. Sorry, because she could definitely, like, she could definitely gather somebody together, especially like if it's like a, like, oh, I forgot what she said to this white person that came on her page talking crazy or something like that. But she could definitely, she could definitely read somebody down. But, but she can't right. take it is also the issue. Like, yeah, she can't do that either because she's about to cry on um uh, the Nick Cannon show. <laughs> that yeah, was I found that very disturbing. It was immensely disturbing because I'm yeah, like, you I'm said like... way worse things to other people. Yes. And so she lost a lot of points 
to me as a person, I'm like, yeah, you can be a mean person, but your whole thing is being mean. Like, don't also be unable to take someone like dishing it at you. Like, that's not cool. But but I, I mean but, I mean but that's but that's Xavier the same way you know what I'm saying you you throw your telepathy and hide your cerebral helmet like <laughs> like girl uh, you need to find some dude something that do with your time like you can't be here talking shit and, and gaslighting folks and then like when they read you for filth it's like I am a black woman and blah 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 girl you can't no that's not how that works like you talk your shit and then, and then they even like hit you in a way that you hit them. Girl, I, I can't with Azalea. So I'm like, girl, you need to just stop picking arguments if you're not ready to fight or really to defend yourself for real. For real. I respect the new um, iconography of Xavier as the all-father of mutant kind. Um, right. Because it fits. I don't know if you guys saw the video I put into the chat from Dropout where they were just talking about... Uh, uh, it's called the show called Um Actually, when they were talking about who in here is going to make a little mutant. It's just a bunch of casual X-Men fans. They don't know nothing about the Omega level list. And all of them were just oh. swearing up and down, like, yeah, they will be able to make a level mutant. That makes sense. It's like, mm-mm. <laughs> I was literally on TikTok arguing with this nigga about Emma Frost not being an Omega level mutant. And we were just going back and forth. And this bitch kept trying me. And I was like, girl, you, you tell, it, it's canonically said. Who are you arguing with, bitch? Yeah, Emma. She just Emma had immaculate gowns two weeks ago. Right. Herself said it. And I, and I don't know why, like, they they throw around the Omega level title so fucking, like, loosely. It's but not everything. Even more so, yeah, but even more so, like, it's like, okay, we have a, we have a more definitive, like, chart and understanding of what, uh, of what an Omega level mutant is. Mm-hmm. I'm like, y'all can Google everything else, but you can't yeah. Google that. It's a whole chart. It's like a, literally a whole fucking chart. I feel like she's an Omega. No, she has Omega potential. I really stand by that thread I made when I was like, I think it's set up that if one passes, it's like a supreme thing. One passes, the next one rises up. I think without Jean Grey, without Jean Grey, either Omega, the Omega level status will fall to either Xavier or Emma. But I do think their telepathy operates on different wavelengths, fundamentally. Xavier does shit from far away, and he's perfectly fine doing that. Emma Frost handles you up close. She does not have Xavier's natural range, honestly. Right. She, she doesn't need it. Uh, right. And, but, it, but it goes to the same thing about, like, of, like, hit points versus, like, attack. Like, like Emma is a, is, is a more creative telepath than Jean is. A much more creative telepath than Jean is. However... Ask about that, saying that. The upper reaches of Jean's limits are much higher than Emma. Much Which higher. is why when they work together, Jean often is like, Emma, I actually need your help because I need your skill set. And Emma's right. like, and when it's Emma initiating that, Emma's like, I just need your power. It's like, just it's like, like go ahead. So just like when they was at the choir council and they told Sabretooth to sit the fuck down. Gene initiated it, and then Emma finished the shit. Emma said, be quiet, and he, he like, was like, Rrr. and then Gene yeah. kicked in and was like, no, but, like, actually shut the fuck up. And then he shut the fuck up. Period. So they tried to retcon that in the Sabretooth comedy, where it was like, oh, it's because they need two telepaths to handle them. I was like, no, they don't. That's like, why are you trying to save Grace? 
Hey, you was Gene. Gene put you in your ass. Gene put you in your ass. being nice. They're being nice, actually. I'm like, Gene handled Nightmare on her own. Don't do it her. Gene handled Sabretooth way back when on her own. So it's not like, well, that was telekinetic. But let's be shady. Sabretooth, you got handled by Salak. In her in her white woman Asian body, like girl, you can't handle no telepath. Shut up. That's what I'm saying. Now he did whoop her ass that second time, though. Honestly, I said Monet could handle you, and that's saying some sad shit. <laughs> right. That's the one. Because Monet is is a telepath that's more. She does the basic shit with it, you know. She'll talk yeah. to you. <laughs> she might mind control. She reads your thoughts a little bit. She's more on a skill set of. Um, most of the Eternals. Yeah, she basically is an Eternal. I'm gonna be honest. Like, I've always thought her power build was literally so close to being an Eternal that it was scary because it is. She's an Eternal. Yeah, she does have. She does have a lot of their power sets, though. She has a. Well, she yeah, a lot of her power sets matches the Eternal. The only thing she's not shooting is like doing is not shooting energy beams out her eyes. And that's because she's done it before. She shot, like, it was an X-Men volume four when she was introduced to that first issue as a replacement to Rogue, where she did that energy beam through her hands thing. And they was uh-huh. like, oh, yeah, she just got so good at her telekinesis that she could now project energy. But she's not a telekinetic in canon, even though I would argue that her power basically is telekinesis. That's the thing. She is and she isn't. And there's just they're just not going to... I feel like this is not going to explain that any clearer. Of like, she is a telekinetic because, as we all have argued before, if you're a strong enough telepath, you're a strong enough telekinetic. Well, that's the thing is like she may be a telekinetic, like Superboy is a, is a telekinetic, like uh, Connor Kent in the comics. He doesn't have like actual telekinesis, but telekinesis gives him the ability to fly, unlike somebody like Superman who just defies gravity. So mm-hmm. it's like Monet's telekinesis may come through her flight abilities and some other things, but I don't think that she may be like a move shit around a room telekinetic. I think she may be like I can control. Tactile telekinetic. I, yeah, I, I can tactile telekinetic. I, I could see her using probably like telekinesis to affect her, like probably affect her musculature or whatever. Giving right. her like some type of strength or ability um, or something. Like I could see that. Right. Mm. How do you guys feel about the Eternals in this issue? Um, shout outs to my man Icarus. You know, death to the Eternals. That's a real ass bitch. Yeah. Cause no, cause the Icarus fucked with X Men. He said, "I'm not going to stay here and let you go for my sisters." I like them. <laughs> right. Right. Like them. I like the Care Bear cousins. <laughs> Icarus was straight up like. Yeah, you tried it with the mutants, um, and I guess you learned that like you not go beat them telepathically. You tried. Um, but you right, got I'm also not says, going to kill you. But I'll bottomize you. Yeah, he said he is not. He is a y'all are not about to touch my sisters. He walked up to his <laughs> guy daddy in Zurich and said, "Not today." <laughs> he sure like, oh, he sold some chicks outside like his book. I see you. So you just made a psychic knife. That's a cyanide, baby. You're not you're not slick. It, well, I, and I thought I was the only one that thought that. I was like, I know he did not bite off a cyanide. 
he did a Listen, cosmic knife instead of a side knife. But yes, we talk mad shit. I, I'm happy they call it. It's theological science. Uh, what they do is theological technology. I just really like how the Eternals use their powers because they all have the same powers. They just do it like differently. Right. Like that Hydra thing, that Hydra moment that had Showtime dragged me for posting in the group chat. Um, <laughs> they I thought it was a wonderful exploration of how each of them have different techniques. Sure. I wish the telepaths would remember they can do that on the X-Men. You guys don't all have to do the same thing. Where's the branding? Be, brand yourself better. Like, where is a mutant with the ability to inspire creativity and people's abilities? Like, where, where are you at? Fisher King? Sink? <laughs> yeah, for real. Low-key Emma Frost, but she gotta be in your body to do that. Right. Mm. So, Ice Brand, like, you are really a flop. Like, do you just not do shit? Is there, are you just lazy? What's going on here, sis? You're right. impaired. You're on some basic level shit. Homophobia is holding you back. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this oh, one, I mean, just... but Death, Death of the Mutants was actually, like, the artwork kind of, like, through me. Um, also, the Eternals being in the, the deviant space, fighting those things underground, was very interesting. Have they changed your opinion of the Eternals yet? They changed my opinion about the um, the ones who are not aligned with Druid. But I call them the Rebels. Yeah, the machine is like so tired of just like being involved in this foolishness with them now. He's like, girl, Miss Druid, girl, they gonna, I'm gonna let them kill you, but I'm gonna just tell the story about how they killed you. So why do you make me sound like such a fucking nerd? Like this is not the personality I prefer, and yet through you, I had to flop. Right. See how exactly. you bring the mood down, Druid? See how you, like, just kind of annoy... It's so amazing that I hate comic Druid so much, and yet I love movie Druid. Yeah. I like to... I actually liked him better. And then it's the opposite here, because I like um, comic book Icarus, and I hate fucking MCU Icarus. Like, right. he was a fucking idiot. Comic Cersei? Amazing. Stellar. Bad bitch. All the way through. Movie Cersei fucking sucks. Get her out here. Why are you still here? I will say that Ajax and Macari are, are the ones who are most consistent. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. um, Fastos. And, and, yeah, and Fastos. Yeah, Fastos. Oh, he put the finishing touch on that damn eternal. Um, oh, it was so, I mean, damn uh, Celestial. It was so sexy. We did talk about that last show about he him, used his big He used his big old hammer and bought that 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 celestial to life, it was like the sexiest shit ever. I'm happy they explained that. Like basically, they brought it up to him eight pastels. He said, I told y'all no, and y'all went around my back, so now I have no choice but to help you. Yeah. That's disrespectful. I don't feel like they pastels to stay on the team. I feel like they're gonna add pastels to the Avengers. Because there's typically a thing where they do where they add one eternal to the Avengers team. I feel like it makes sense to add pastels. They have an art error in this book too. That they that we that I didn't realize until I read X Men thirteen. I think Fastos and Child should be friends. <laughs> I think they can have a little nerdy conversations with each other. I think they can enjoy it. Child has no more friends anymore, so he might as well just go make more. Yeah, he might as well he might as well find some friends. Someone to try. Nobody not trust him on the Wakanda. 
Because no one wants to come to Wakanda and hang out, T'Challa. You're a weirdo. You do weird shit to your friends. Very weird shit. Really fraudulent, like. Um, but yeah, it was an overall good issue. I think the I think it's doing well to show the conflict. I'm happy that they're showing, like, yeah, the Eternals will kill each other over this. Um, but then we get the pivot, which I think is important. That I think might as well just move on to X Men. Yeah, I don't yeah. Know. ranking scores. I'm going to give it a nine and a half. I like that. It's a nine point five for me. It's a seven for me. Eight. I hate the new team. Every time Firestar opened her fucking yeah. mouth, I knocked off half a point. Uh, <laughs> and like I, I, shade. I just hated her talking so fucking much. She's like a girl who went overseas for the summer for a semester or some shit. And the Avengers always did. Fuck you, girl. Shut the fuck up. Right. Take what well, Shut up. <laughs> like I can melt the ice. Like bitch, go home. Like fuck you. Like we don't even need you here. Like you don't even go here. Like what are you here Sunfire for? Sunfire never talks this much. That's all I fucking know. Like he got shit done. She's fancy pyro without like the fun things about pyro. She literally right. microwaved some fucking hot pockets. That entire fucking fight. Like single like, not a lost. Single not lost an arm with the other team. Fucking rookie. Little thing did not ask for her power at all. <laughs> He's like, I'd rather summon Sunfire up out of me than ever touch your abilities. <laughs> right. They're yeah. dirty. She was just, ugh. I don't know why she's here, but. I don't I feel I'm... like Stink should have definitely had copied the Eternal's powers while he was in there. I just feel like it would have been more pertinent. Yeah, I, um,. <laughs> I do like magic on a team. I do like how calm, cool, and collected uh, Forge was through everything. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm going to see if this is going to fire, but we're going to see if this works. Uh, we don't know. While everybody's like fighting their asses off, Forge is on the beach. <laughs> like, England. well, uh, I don't Anyone know. Anyone knows this is the first time we've seen the X Men team bicker? That's why I don't like them. I don't like it. So why are y'all bickering? Like the whole we see a whole volume of X-Men not bickering, no inside drama. So we just doing this what we need to do. We are a team. Let's go have a team meal. Um, we got like three leaders here, but it all works. Like there's no conflict. Yeah, same. I know you did that, but I understand why you did it. I can't stay here and be like, I don't understand. And so I give you my empathy and like I give you like I'm not giving you forgiveness because you don't need forgiveness for what you did. And like then you get this magic about to go upside body and have its head in like oh 0.2 seconds. Right. Like it just doesn't make any fucking sense. It doesn't make any fucking sense. It was it was a lot of superfluous faggotry. And then also the other thing too, which is really wrong, is that when you look at the Eternal Death of the Mutants thing, you see Magic walk in with Wolverine and Firestar. But you get to X Men thirteen, Wolverine is not on a team anymore. Like they clearly didn't get the memo before that book was published. It's just um, a mess. I just they, they, they better pull it together quickly because I don't have time for this. Tighten up. Eternals book was better than you, X Men. Yeah. Tighten up. <laughs> Tighten like, it up. Right, because I don't I, like like I mean, where was Polaris with her Starbucks? 
That's what I'm saying because Polaris would be the first one to get some shit handled. Right. Like this team is like really fucking slacking. It's like, okay, you know, with the first team, it was like a little bit shit. Now this makes me want to change my score. But <laughs> I mean with the with the the team dynamic, the lat with the the last team, it was like they they work together like perfectly. This one, it seems like okay, a few it's like a few of the members have, you know, they can work together, but everybody else is acting like individually. It's like they can't get their shit together. It's like they're I I, I don't I don't fucking know. Like this is it's like they're this, more this cocky. Weird. More cocky than the last team, which is the issue, and none of you deserve to be cocky. Bobby, you have- you're a flop. Don't be welcome right. to the Team Omega. You're a flop. Shut the fuck up. Magic yeah. Girl, you can have more personality. I know they, I feel like they were trying to hold back on her personality because they hadn't resolved new mutants. Like she's still in her old costume. Um, yeah. Firestar, again, you should be saying nothing. Bitch. We can't fucking stand you. Havoc, why is you here, girl? They don't even need him. We don't need you. We have enough blasters on this team. You literally provide nothing. Like, even with Polaris, like, she did something. She, they said, okay, we're we work her to be in force fields. Like, she was literally the Sue Storm. She was, like, literally the Sue Storm of that X-Men group. Except cunt, you know? Yeah, very cunt. And we we love the leather jacket. We love the skirt. We love the the sunglasses. We loved her Starbucks cup. Like, they had... Yeah, they had no reason to take her off of this team, like at all. So now no Jean got a force field. Well, she actually kind of did make one, I think, in when she took on this um, War Eternal. She put his ass underneath the sea. I thought that was pretty cool. I like that she, Jean's Jean's getting a little bit more. Um, she's eating her sweets before the mission, so I like that. Her blood sugar is. Phenomenal. It's, yeah, it's been good. Leveled out. So that ex-twink that I don't like uh, was talking about, like, they did a measurement as to how much water she had to move to do that. There was, like, several hundred thousand gallons of water equivalent to, like, a whole lot of pounds that she moved. And so it's, like, technically one of her biggest telekinetic feats. What, this one with the water? When she parted the water... And then drowned the eternal. Okay. It's one of her biggest feats. Come on. Without the Phoenix Force. Yeah, without the Phoenix Force. Without her ex. (laughs) Well, I'm impressed. I'm proud of Gene. I respect Gene being put on the front lines of this. It does show them putting respect to her name. It's her. it's, you know, Big Daddy himself, Exodus. I feel like there's a lot more mutants who could be fighting the front lines. It, it could it could have been. But I like that they're showing Jean Grey being a lot more independent. You know, she's she's not having to have assistance from anybody or she's not having to, you know, have the the fucking fire chicken help her with her feats. Like, she's showing bitches that she's able to do shit on her own when she has her snacks, period. Notice the fire chicken and Echo is doing literally nothing. Nothing. (laughs) Nothing. 
nothing at all. I think she just flew around the entire time. I demand that the Avengers sign and address why the fire chicken is barely trying. <laughs> barely. In fact, it's actually the first time we see a celestial in the Phoenix Force. It's going to be in the same comic. They never really address what that relationship is like. I'm like, isn't technically the Phoenix their boss? Can't she just tell, like, the Slasher to go the fuck away? You would think so. But no. Little Miss Phoenix, you little shady bitch. Um, you just do wild shit, and that's it. You just eat broccoli people and burn out stars. I don't know, sis. Get it together. Yeah, get it together, sis. Get it together like ASAP. Um, I, I do I do like I don't like them. I just don't like them as a team. I just want I just want somebody else. The synergy is just all over the place. It just truly is. And there's none of that fun of like that one big breathing circuit they did when they made the mech. You know, and it was like this is a right. favorite thing they, we're all right. doing. Yes. They came oh, in yeah. together. Oh my God. I hate this team. I, I, I really feel like if they did try to do a mutant circuit with some of these members on this team, like I really feel like it's gonna be like a bunch of bullshit. I really feel like it's gonna be awkward as fuck. It's not gonna have like that same. <laughs> it, it, I, I really feel like it's. I'm serious. I really feel like it's gonna be awkward as fuck. Because what is this team supposed to do? What are they? Where's the synergy? Right. I'm trying <laughs> to envision it. What would it look like? I'm guessing like. Gene forms the skin. Uh, Cyclops forms the eyes. Stink is at the heart, linking them all together with some, maybe some stepping discs uh, thrown in here and there. And the havoc is just there. None of it makes any sense. None of it goes together. Um, Bobby maybe making the body out of ice. Havoc, why is he here? That could work. I feel like the problem specifically begins at Havoc. Everyone else, you can justify and just go, okay, I can accept that. Havoc just don't fit here. (laughs) I feel like if Havoc was just someone else, anyone else, it would work way better. Right. Yeah, because he's like, he's he's totally out of place. I can see everybody else having some sort of, I can see everybody else having some sort of Whatever, like, but him, I don't. Uh, Feral, because it made more sense. I'm like, I don't like. We didn't like the Hellfire Gala res- resolution of this because it was like they just threw people on the team. There was no reasoning behind it. Whereas, if you're thinking logically about it, the heroes who stepped up and like proposed Hamid would definitely be more respected. Feral being the one who beat the shit out of Cable during the um, King of the Black. Arc the whole thing when Capone was being attacked and Cable was possessed by the symbiote. Then Pharaoh pulled up and was like, "I'm gonna beat your ass and honor your father." Mm-hmm. And fucked him up. I feel like that should be more clouded and it should have resolved in her getting that position of the X Men. Yeah, because they definitely could have. They definitely could have done a lot better with the selection. They just put anybody on this damn team. It really didn't even need to be changed. It really didn't. It, like that there are like, no stuff experts on this team at all. 
I also realized that there's no one who does stealth, like sneaky, sneaky shit. Oh, yeah. Mm. Very true. They could argue Sync, but I feel like Sync's archetype isn't really towards being like a ninja, you know? Like, he's more of a rebel leader terrorist. (laughs) They also also don't have a tank on that team, too. Not to me. I mean, unless you include Sync. I mean, yeah. I mean, but, I mean, his, his... they really don't have like an actual tank. Like Rogue served as the tank for the last team. So you don't have that. You don't have somebody that's stealthy, which I would consider Lord. Monet should have been led on this team. Who? Monet even. Yeah. Yeah, Monet would have fit good for um for a tank. Gentle mostly because I want him to advance his power too. I don't want just want to see him like getting buff. I want to see him grown giant. There's no people really with the power to do that. Like, Iceman can do it, but he does it in a flop way that I don't respect. Um, right. Gentle, I anticipate him being like, if you watch Naruto, he gives me Choji vibes. Mm. If you guys don't know, Choji's the fat nigga on Naruto whose power is his family can control their calorie intake, and so he can grow and shrink. And he does this thing where he turns into this human bowling ball and like knocks shit over. Hmm. Oh well, but like I just didn't like the overall synergy and flow of this book. Um, yeah, I just don't. I, I, I do feel like they could probably use it for content, and it'd be like a chaotic X Men team. But I'm really not here for that. I'm really not here for that. I'm really not here for that at all. I'm like, y'all can't say Iceman is going to switch up and then I have him struggle to do his Omega level thing. Do you imagine Storm struggle like that? Right. right. It would never. He said, I can't, I've never generated this amount of ice since Mars. I said, Mars should have been a cakewalk for you if you're an Omega. Literally. You're doing the thing you literally do. Storm was basically bending her power to, I'm going to be honest, a, a level that actually have to redefine her abilities because she can't create, she never created atmospheres before. Mm. Create atmospheres from nothing is not a little feat. So for Bobby to basically create all of this fucking ice on a whole damn planet, that you struggled with and you need a sink to help you with? Right. Like, I don't know. It was just a, it was a little weird Enjoyable to read, but it was it was things where I was like, never generated that much ice since Mars. Was like that's not, and that's why you're not crossing the top ten list, Bobby. It's because you stuck. <laughs> yeah, they sure did put you at number fifteen, Bobby. Ranked you fifteen. Poor guy. That's ridiculous. But yeah, this team sucks ass. I don't know how you invade Eternals like fucking precincts and make it look sucky. Um, the Eternals operation in this whole comic book ran way smoother, was way better to me overall than the X Men's one. Um, and I'm really surprised that Jean didn't ask any questions about why she can't kill any Eternals. 
Yeah, because that would have been the moment they dropped the ball. Like, if you kill an Eternal, then, you know, they come back um, after a human life is lost. Then she would have to drop on the Eternal. I feel like something called drama later. I feel like they would have asked the question of, like, because this, this is the thing that is in the background of this. I hope they don't neglect. Is the fact Exodus knows everything Cersei knows. And in the Eternals comic, they set it up there. And Cersei never didn't know that when they die, they kill a human. And so everyone else got brainwashed, uh, the brains like erased of the information every time they used the Unimind. But Cersei was allowed to remember because Cersei wouldn't make made the decision to do anything about it. Right. So Exodus took her memories when he defeated her in second combat. It knows all their flaws. That means Exodus killed the Mimitar knowing that it was killing human. Lower that marks. I also wonder what's going to happen if anybody broke the Kokoan laws due to this war, also. You know, I I asked that too. I was like, if they, well, what if they, but what if they, but are they still like going to get punished? Like, even if they didn't, they weren't aware of that knowledge, like, how does that, how does that work? Especially in like, I mean, they're basically at war, so if that's not knowledge that's, you know, privy to them, like, how does that work? And that's I a real feel like, like... Oh, go ahead. I feel like they won't allow it to permit. It will be down to a vote. Um, and Exodus is too much of a wild card on the council that it could either go, like, Sinister's not there. Sinister is Exodus' main enemy on the council. Hope would vote to keep him alive. Mystique would vote to keep him alive. Destiny would vote to keep him alive. Um, Kurtz, it depends. And Kurt is a cop right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like Emma wouldn't vote against Exodus. This off the strength that it makes sense. We're at war. You can't really blame him. Kitty probably wouldn't vote that way neither. Um, but she's also, I don't think in Canada she's there at the council anymore. Right, she's, 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 she's there. She's there. I, I, I don't think that Mystique would vote, not Mystique, I don't think Destiny would vote for him. Because she's seen his future. His possible future. I don't think she would vote for him. Because he's in one of the timelines that's not good unless it's about her, like, make sure that, that Sinister gets killed. Well, they already averted that timeline, didn't they? Because, like, that timeline was if the accident didn't happen. Poo child. I mean, they, they never get to Destiny's timelines and her diaries and all her shit. I get really confused. It's hard to be an Oracle, baby. Because Mom would be having some shit going on. Mom be having some real-life shit going on. I'd be really trying to think, like, girl, what what is the truth? Wait, what, what, which one I'm supposed to pay not paying attention to? Like, what am I like Moesha in her bedroom with that diary. <laughs> yeah, like, I didn't know what the two is. You think Destiny be playing that Moesha music? <laughs> she in there documenting how Mystique is about to die? Oh, my God. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. That's not... <laughs> No, when I play, when I make a little skit, <laughs> there's a screenshot of Destiny writing, and I'm gonna play that music overhead. I want to get retweets from everybody. So I'm gonna do it. <laughs> you should. 
But no, the X-Men, the X-Men flopped compared to the Eternals right now. I like how they handled everything that last issue was way more exciting than like the X-Men's explanation of what was going down. I like how they was like the Hydra was like six is a magic number, is a holy number to the Eternals. It's gonna require six people to kill the Hydra. The Hydra is missing one limb. And <laughs> and like them talking about like how Druig's inability to cope with the situation because he's not a leader. And like him, it leads him to forget that you need six people to beat the Hydra, and right. there's only three members of the Forgotten Ones. And then when the Celestial pops up, and they say Uranus would have had a decision here. Uranus would have decided who to kill, and like literally, it rolling back to when Oceanus was like, "If we ever want to depose Druid, it's so easy to do because he's not a warrior." Right. No, absolutely. He about to die. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're, you're going to be like definitely dead by the end of this or something. He needs to. They, we fucking they put him in Orcus. That'll be really fucked up. I think he joined Orcus. I do agree he Because Orcus, Orcus is still miss, missing one or two seats, right? Yeah. Well, they got a hammer. Peter Goddard is dead, too. And Druig would has always been anti-mutant. Like, this is not a new thing just for the accident. And all the issues and runs, he has always hated mutant kind. Yeah, especially when they, um, I think it was that one Eternals issue where they all had to work together. Was when they like, pieced him up? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, he was definitely showing his uh, racism there. You said muties. 30 gene freaks. Right, with the heart, with the heart, I-E-S. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Muter. Uh. Right. For real. Like, seriously. Ugh. I think that's all we got for the X-Men issue. I think so. Uh, what else? What else? What else? What else? Oh, so, yeah, it's time for the... um. Sucker party. Yay. I'm so high right now. <laughs> I cannot. <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm done. <laughs> okay, so this week's circuit party, uh, we will be discussing Eternal's culture. Mm. Um, and how basically all the principles kind of overlap with one another in very clear like dichotomy because i want to discuss how that plays into the celestial's judgment as it outcomes and like as it kind of gets more pronounced that the similarities between the eternals are right there but at the same time we now know that mutant kind is as old as the eternals if not older because we now know threshold existed mm. So, how do we feel about the similarities, and where do we think that this, what, the, what do we think that means for overall with mutant kind, especially like not even just Iraq, but Krakoa, but Araco as well, having a similar setup. I feel like the Araco mutants. Wait, you say wait, wait one more time. 
So basically, like, there's a lot of similarities between mutant kind, like high mutant. I'm gonna call it high mutant them because it's like okay. a meta going on with the mutants, like the X gene itself, kind of being like a technology or a magic of some sort. Not even just how Apocalypse talks about it, but like the concept of mutant circuits and like how mutants develop similar abilities that are all the same and yet different, or how resurrection works with them. Um, or even like how the exchange functions to connect them to like other energies. Like there's a bunch of shit going on with mutants in the exchange that reads very much eternal like. And it could have something to do with the fact that the X-Gene was manufactured by the Celestials. Like, the mutants are Celestial technology, too. But, like, everything mm-hmm. down to how their culture functions is, like, very much interconnected with the Eternals to the point that the Externals can exist. And so my question is, what do we think and what are our theories about the connections between Eternal culture and mutant culture? I think that, like, it's really weird. Because, like, the the mutants are more, like, nature and working around. Even, like, Forge has adapted his science to botanical science. I don't know if you can say that. That's a word. Um, But the, the Eternals are definitely about technology. And I think also the thing, too, that, like, that the mutants don't really serve a god. Like the Eternals passively serve the Celestials. It's a it's a really weird thing. Like, well, they serve the Ascani. Like the Phoenix in itself feels like the god of mutant kind, and it makes sense why it would be because it's the spark um, that is basically necessity of like I'm happy they say the spark as like as a construct with like Kurt because the spark is basically how you would define a mutant exergy activating. It's just like mm-hmm. a flickering, and then like suddenly you're different completely. And your power could be explosive and how it generates, or it can be subtle. You have a situation like Oya where you accidentally kill your parents, and that becomes the basis of your entire existence. That's like your origin story is my ex gene kicked in and I killed my family. Or it could be like Rogue and you killed the first boy you ever loved. Or it could be subtle, like Xavier, whose powers was just like increasing in increments of him just being aware of other people. Like the spark and stuff, or like how the Phoenix represented it when it gave back, it undid a decimation. And like you saw Sprite, the girl with the stone skin and the butt and like the, the butterfly wings, the insect wings and shit, like her. Her exchange activated and it wasn't normal. It was like she erupted into Phoenix fire mm-hmm. and then changed completely. So the spark, um, yeah, the spark feels like an apt metaphor that like it connects them to the Phoenix force. Right, which which I do understand completely. I just wonder... Cause I think also, like, the thing, too, is that, like, the Eternals are a century, century, centuries-old society. Like, Kokoa was definitely in their infancy. And I know that eventually the thing that the, that the Eternals are dealing with, like, you know, the different sects of Eternals that have abandoned the culture and left to go live with the Deviants and things like that, that's, and that is a real inevitability for Kokoa, especially around their identity politics around human presenting mutants and, and, and mutant presenting mutants. So just like, I wonder how, and also because like, and also too, like, like people aren't a fan 
of Xavier. Also, it, it also being foretold that Syracuse was going to have its own exiles of mutants. Um, some things are coming. But I think the X-Men have a much more, have a less rigid culture, or the mutants have a less rigid culture of interpreting those things than the Eternals do over time. Right. Um, and I, oh, go ahead. Sorry. Um, I feel the same way. Um, yeah, the Eternals, they're more so into technology and they have an actual, like, you know, they serve actual gods. Um, the X-Men, I think, well, the mutants, I think, are still their religion. Um, I don't even know with the way of X, I think. I think they're still figuring out the kinks and stuff with their whole religion thing. But like Henry said, they don't actually serve an actual God unless, you know, they bring the Phoenix into play. Then I can definitely see that. Um, I know that they, they both have some sort of, the Eternals and the the mutants have some sort of, not all, but some have, you know, an affinity towards humans and um, they're all for, I guess, preserving mutant, mutant, uh, mutant kind, but they're kind of like, they're still trying to be, um, they're still trying to preserve human life too. So, um... I guess, I guess those are the similarities. They still, Krakoa is still trying to figure things out. They still have their laws. They're trying to figure out um, the Eternals. They're still trying to find a new way around their, you know, their old ways. So, and and I still, I feel like both of them have certain similarities, but they're also still trying to figure out how to maneuver with. Um, certain um, rules and stuff that they have in place because a lot of, uh, some of their rules have, you know, there's there's certain stipulations or certain chinks in the armor and they're still trying to figure everything out. So I think they're similar in a way because they're still, as a society, even though the Eternals are like centuries old, they're still trying to, you know, figure out, you know, how to move forward next. You know, and so are the mutants. They're still trying to figure things out with their laws and religion and everything like that. So I would say, like, they're kind of in the same boat in that aspect. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I feel like with the news about Threshold and how that whole situation went down with, you know, the uh, the Red Guard, whatever the fuck their name is, I forget it, um, how threshold pre-existed. Oh, the uh, Ken Crimson. Yeah, King uh the Ken Kim, the Ken Crimson. And how the whole situation was basically like Zandra's people went to war with the mutants as um marauders and then like got their asses beat squarely by the threshold by just five mutants who joined together as a team and formed a circuit. Um the overall implication that there's a history that mutants don't remember kind of feeds into how that deviant culture works, which is like in the Eternals, they talk about deviants, they don't have eternal life, but their memory runs long. 
and the things they have learned from us about our weaknesses, our experiences, lend to the idea and the fear that the Eternals have that there will be born a deviant too powerful for them to take on. And like, they talk often about like, we get our asses handed to us by deviants more times than we can actually acknowledge. And like, we might kill it because of the curve excess deviation, but the time that they've killed us is actually more than we have ever like been able to co-sign. And like, the simple fact is the deviants only lose because they're wired to lose. Like it's their necessity is to lose against us. And it was our necessity to reboot after we die. But when you're dealing with mutants and deviants who can resurrect themselves, it's like a deep internal fear they have that that pattern is not sustainable. That basically the, the mutants are the deviants who have fixed the problem in the machine. And they did it by absorbing humanity, basically. Um, that irrational fear situation going on makes sense to me, mostly because I do interpret the mutants have, having a religion, but their religion seems to circulate around them, each mutant themselves being a god. You know, like, um, how I will appreciate the uh, Legion of X story for its baseline of discussing, like, the idea that, that the Iraqi themselves, it's not that they don't believe in a god, they believe in many gods, they just don't worship any, you know, feel that anyone is more worthy of worship, as long as they have the power or potential to be an Omega. Right. And so, like, you see situations like Jean Grey being the host of the Phoenix Force, or uh, fucking Siren being the host of Morian, or Danny becoming a Valkyrie, or Storm becoming a Storm God, or Storm becoming Aurora the Storm God. Or, like, so many different situations of mutants being, like, seen as the perfect host for higher powers and becoming gods themselves all the way up to Exodus, it makes sense that, like, the Eternals will look at that and go, like, we believe in Celestial, a confirmation of a god that has a mission for us that we all follow as his instruments. You guys are more direct in that your gods seem to just take control of you and use you as the instruments. And so there is a link between that faith of, like, us serving a higher power and you all being a higher powers. Mm. Okay. Like, Franklin Richards, we're going to disregard the entirety of that retcon. Franklin Richards okay. was the apex of what a mutant could be. Right. He was a celestial. He could take on celestials. He can defeat them. Like, that's an anomaly. Like, overall, that's an anomaly compared to what the Eternals can do, which is the Eternals have to live with the realization that they can never pass that feeling, which is a celestial. And, like, the mutant kind has basically already figured out how to surpass that. Okay. I think that's, like, kind of, like, the thing that, like, with Franklin being retconned out of mutantdom, I think it was, like, a really bad idea. <laughs> it was just because, so petty. It made no sense. I, I just find it so... I, I just find it, like, genetically nonsense. Like, in, like, it doesn't make sense. It's, like, if two superpower beings who have powers from whatever have a child, that child has a genetic anomaly, which is an X factor, which is an unknown... Genetic factor, which makes them technically a mutant, but then we're also re-identifying. It's like it's like ethnicity versus nationality. Like we're re-identifying what exactly is it, is, it, is it specifically a mutant gene? Not that because technically, 
uh, 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 Reed and Sue Richards are actually mutates because they were mutated by the cosmic radi- radiation. But that's so the not- same recipe it makes to make a mutant. Like, why the X-Men, the original I'm X-Men so- became... Yeah, the original six were like, what's the whole story? Like, our parents all worked in high-radiated places, and so the likelihood of them giving birth to a mutant was exponentially higher now that we have introduced nuclear war to the planet, and now we're being irradiated. It just makes sense that their kids, they were right next to a cosmic celestial event. So yeah, your kids would be a mutant. Matter of fact, um, Peter Parker, your child should be a mutant too. Right. And also, like, that's the thing too, just like, but I think like when you when you read Dark Ages, she's there with the mutants for the most part. Like the little the little girl or whatever. But mm-hmm. that's the thing is like so weird, just like I don't understand how he's not a mutant because Professor X and Magneto say they're liars. They're liars. I feel like it's coming up and they're gonna retcon that and then in the neatest way possible of just going, it was a lie they told because a situation or agreement he had with Reed. Um, because you still don't know what the fuck that whisper was about. They could insert anything there. Probably in two years' time, we'll probably get a flashback scene of the whisper being like a thank you for like protecting my child. It could be anything, even if it's like Reed calling in a favor from the Illuminati days of saying, like, remove my child from the basically the cerebral situation. You guys are dealing with too much. Mm-hmm. And if you do that, I will ever try to recreate a machine that removes mutants from removes your ex gene, basically. Because just because he wiped the memory from him doesn't mean or feel like implicitly that you can't ever think of a new way to do it. You're Reed Richards. I might not like you. I will put respect on your name as the scientist supreme to go, I can make another one. And a different scenario can make you think of that idea. Exactly. You answer whatever need is in front of you. If fuck, like, fuck Tony Stark, the reason why Forge is in Omega is because you are the penultimate science motherfucker. Anything Forge could do, you could do. But I personally feel like it would have been smarter for him to get rid of not only the idea of creating that type of technology, but like, Kind of rid. I, I I don't know. I think I would. I think I would definitely rid him of him having the idea of even making that type of technology. What would you even need to do that for? I think it'd be too difficult to remove the ability to innovate from Reed Richard Richard, the person whose personality revolves around innovation. I don't think Xavier like Xavier can't change the substance root of who you are. Gene could. Gene could definitely do it, but to change like that. Like, I think they explained it, like, the difference between um, an empath and a telepath back when, like, Emma's sister was still around. I think she's the Omega-level empath, her sister, because she can fabricate a whole new personality. And that's the difference between their powers, is that as an empath, she can walk into your head and say, you are not a person who revolves around innovation. You're a person who revolves around greed, and your personality changes entirely. Xavier can't do that. He can just change your mind. So surface level thoughts, deep subconscious stuff, all of that is fair game, but like you can't walk with the saber tooth and make him not a serial killer. Mm. That's crazy. Eternal's culture is just interesting. I like that aspect of the Eternal's book. So what so so what type what type of government would you think that they would be in your opinion? Um, the Eternals? Yeah. You know big words. 
the Eternals as a culture, like you know, big words. I wouldn't know. It's like, oh, they are. They're like a theocracy, definitely, but like it's not a structured one. It's like the theocracy revolves around the idea that their god is real, and so that foundationally changes how theocracy. Yeah, but also they're programmed to follow the rules. That's also an issue going on with the Eternals that you guys can't break your rules. That your edicts are a part of your genetic implications. Like literally, you wanted to kill someone, you wanted to commit genocide, you went to do it, and because of the machine working against you, you couldn't. It's like their their faith system is very much. I call them racist um, crystal gems on t- on Twitter. And Vidya Yala loved that, but it's the truth. Like the Crystal Gems and Steven Universe also have this genetic predisposition to following the rules. That it means like they aren't a government system. They're just a species that has a genetic like pursuit that they can't violate. Like that whole I encourage you to read the Eternals run because the whole thing is the machine telling you like these people are pre-programmed down to their personalities to do something in their community that they can't break from. Like they said, Icarus is an arrow. He can't not fly forward at the problem. He's incapable of not doing that. And it causes the same issues in him over and over again. Their strengths that give them their powers and makes them able to do things in a specific way is also their flaw. Like um, what's his name, the destroyer in the the depth of the X-Men the Death of the Mutants uh, run that came out this week. The whole dude was like, yeah, he's a destroyer. Like, he destroys things. It's going to be really difficult to get over his core thing. If he wants to destroy something, he's going to destroy it. You need to follow the rules to the teeth to beat him. But that was also the flaw and what it means to be eternal. Each of the weaknesses right there from your face. Mm. You want to kill Icarus, give him a problem that he needs to die for, and he'll go and do it. It's like, during that uh, Justice League movie, when there's like the best way to kill Wonder Woman is give her a never-ending fight, yeah, and she will die in battle because that's her fate. That's literally the Eternals all the way down. Whereas the mutants often change their mind, and that's why the mutants are composed mostly of former villains. I don't know. They're an autocracy. It's like a, it's not even a monarchy because they still do diplomatic, like they do a diplomatic election and it's based off of their histories with one another. But truth be told, none of them really ever did anything for personal power reasons. Druid honestly thinks he knows better than everyone else. Mm. Legba talked about it in one of the runs. They're like, Legba, you're an honorable person somewhat. Why do you serve Druid? And Legba was like, why do you think I'm, I'm being manipulated by him? I'm not. Like, he's not manipulating me. I just honestly think all of you are wrong. And that's mm-hmm. that. <laughs> I think all of you are wrong. And I think Druid is right. And I think that people should see it from his point of view a lot more. Hmm. Choose chaos, Steven. We like that. It wasn't like even so much that Druid is chaotic. Druid just thinks humans aren't worth protecting and that they're better used to serve the machine by dismantling the things that made the rules. Like he doesn't like the celestials either. 
I mean, humans are trash. But... You think humans are trash and mutants are deviant scum and the celestials have us underneath their thumb and we can't make decisions or change and yet we're serving these things that are weaker than us in every possible way. He's like, we have never made a single decision for ourselves. We have no free will. The celestial got to die. I don't know. This, the, the Eternals are interesting to me because they're like a one big thought experiment, and it makes my brain tickle just thinking about like the interesting implications of everything going on around them. Like, you guys have no free will. The only person who seems to have free will of all the Eternals is Cersei. Yeah, and go ahead, Ronda. Uh, I was going to say, because I know she served... She served on the Avengers for a long time, and they only programmed to fight deviants, right? She made basically all the is Cersei, um, Gilgamesh, and Icarus each have the most propensity for free will because Cersei and Gilgamesh were Avengers, but Icarus was never one, but he's the one who idolizes heroics the most. Huh. Mm. Look at you making us talk about the Eternals. Yes, on look the at Lord, that. On the Lord's Day, I talk about it's talk pretty about fair crap. because the Eternals are the most similar to the mutants than you've ever seen. And in terms of being a foil, the humans never worked because it made no sense. Like nothing of the, the nothing they're doing has anything to do with what mutant kind goes through. Or the lore behind being a mutant, but the Eternals make a lot more sense. Oh, Steven, this is blasphemous. <laughs> it's yeah, true. It's true. Look at me and call me a liar. Look at everything that just went down in our last issue of Death of the X-Men and go, yeah, I don't see these Eternals as being anything close to like mutant high. When like Icarus handled them with some shit. That was some shit of Cyclops strategy. And was. And Icarus learned it by watching the X-Men. He was like, oh, wait, how would the X-Men go about this? They wouldn't go up in front of your face. They would do this behind your back. We won't fight them like deviants. We can't fight them toe-to-toe like we usually would, like have always done it. We need to be discreet. We need to be rebellious. We need to undermine instead of throwing a bold punch. I'd be like Aretha Franklin when I look at the um, I'd like Aretha Franklin with Taylor Bell when I look at the Eternals <laughs> like, just the hate in your spirit but I think that's all we have for that what were you going to say nothing 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 beautiful gowns you just hate the Eternals because you like them I so do. much deep down you know you want to like them they're like basically mutant transformers Actually, I say that as a joke, but realistically speaking, yeah, the Eternals are the most Transformers creatures you'll find in the Marvel comics. They really are not. <laughs> I feel like I feel like you bashing my people is racist. 
Is it because you can't talk shit about the Power Rangers like that? Let me shrink myself like white allies do when they do fuck shit to black people. When you do things like that, that makes me feel terrible. I would never. All right. Next week, what do we got? Oh, we see. Vontae. It's, um, it's a, uh, uh, the X Judgment Day number three. I think that's all we have. That's all we have. So Wait, that's a lot. It's going to be juicy. It's going to be so we juicy. Have, we ended up doing two sucker parties that day, kind of, sort of, as a result of us not having content. Mm-hmm. Versus pushing it back a week, we just did the show. That's the show you you, you were in, you was in Jamaica. Yeah. Scary, scary. Yeah, I told y'all an hour before that I wasn't coming because I was going to the beach. <laughs> oh, yeah, Steven took the day off. We were so proud of him. I'm here for every episode. I was just like, you know what? Let me use my PTO. Right. Hello? Yeah, use that, use that PTO. Use PTO. <laughs> cash in or use it. Right, yeah, for real. Oh, <laughs> uh, it was so much fun. I got dust I like in my pants. You know? I mean, look at that coochie. Who's touching it? That's not shocking. Who's a <laughs> slut? Uh, <laughs> but as beautiful as Jamaican men and women are, I think my love for Haitian men will reign supreme. Oh, uh, you choose violence all the time. You cannot pick a... Uh, uh, Haitian men? Girl. This is very beautiful. Yeah, beautiful. And... I watched the rap shit, and that Haitian man was gorgeous. What oh, about first about that, that damn Haitian man on rap shit? Y'all... You he was like, I'm 5'11". I said, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So y'all sleeping on, on these men underneath six feet? I don't. Dick is dick to me. He was like, he took her to the beach, gave her some mango, fed her, fed her a mango off the, nap, the knife, went to that hotel room, walked up in that shower, and he fucked that shit out of her. I was like, you, that's right. Fuck that fake-ass Barack Obama. That's spoilers. You're not going to get into it. But, you know, she got some dick. And I was like, that ass can really juicy. Haitian men, um, y'all reign supreme. You just, you just, you just, you just, you cover my house. Uh, you just got to fucking go. You can't stay here. You can't stay here. Are you, you going to announce the things you have coming up in September, <laughs> Henry? Um, what am I doing? Oh, so I will be on an international tour around the world. I will be in DR Takeover Labor Day weekend, and I will be hosting um, a, a, a panel there. And then I will also be in Columbus for Columbus Melanin Pride at the end of September, discussing one-on-one on bottoming, how to make you niggas do do y'all shit better, and be great at how you talk and step your shit up to. But it's I will also be, be there. Steven will be there in the audience, being a supportive friend. Like I love him, and, and Steven. It- if Henry keeps talking shit, I'm gonna drown him in front of Venom. Wow! <laughs> Don't do that. I love him. <laughs> I love Venom. I love him so much. I'm gonna say mm, I wouldn't fuck Henry. I don't know. I really shouldn't be saying this. I'm gonna drop seeds of doubt and discontent. <laughs> wow. Lord have mercy. Wow. I'm get my ebony thorn on. Because, you know, in the comments, Ebony Bond got no powers. He'd just be whispering in your ear <laughs> and just going, you should kill your family. <laughs> Here comes Steven. I heard a rumor having ass. 
I heard a rumor that you had the loosest hole of all. Oh my god! I, I, and I've been like, it's true. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, we. You know, Krakoa has two holes that are deep, fathomless, and full of terror. Wait, I, I, what? I'm not going to respond to what that even fucking is. <laughs> I, I don't know, and I don't know, and I don't know who you talking about. <laughs> oh man! Any comments we decided to read? I know Magic Order. I think it's Magic Order is dropping next week, and also, um. Fables, which I'm the two books I'm really happy reading. I finally I haven't read it yet. I'm getting to it, but I finally picked up the first three issues of Black Adam. So this new series that came out. So I'm Negro Adam. Huh? Negro Adam. That's the book you're reading. Negro Adam. What's going on in Transformers versus Henry? Where are the Transformers? Are they transforming and rolling out? Um, they are actually transforming and rolling out. Their um, contract with IDW is ending this year, so all the books are selling up right now. Um, they've done their... I, I think they only have one more thing really coming out outside of that ongoing, but Transformers and G.I. Joe will no longer be a part of the IDW universe by the end of the year. Oh, my gosh. So I don't know what they're going to another. Then they're going to another, another comic house. Truthfully, Marvel should buy them back. They originally belong to Marvel, but mm-hmm. you know that's just me. I don't know why Marvel's not buying them back. That would make so much sense. I don't think they're interested in doing anything with any IP that isn't superhero related. But they, but they created the Transformers. Yes, they did. But like, it's like it feels like if they can't get back the rights to the movies, then they're just saying fuck it. Yeah, because Paramount has the movies. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, so you're saying, fuck it. If we can't get the movie rights back, we can't do shit with this. Yeah. Um, because, like, Marvel also owns, like, a, Marvel owns a host of shit, technically. Right. They're not, not going to do anything with, because, like, what's the incentive? Yeah, that's very true. Very true. I'll be also be in Montreal around September 1st to September 5th. Um, that should be exciting. I'm going to be so um, I'm going to be out there hanging out with some X fans probably. But I'm actually going for Kink Week. Kink Week with my friend. He wanted me to show up uh, so that he didn't have no one he didn't he couldn't hang out with. So we're going to Kink Week out there in Montreal. Oh. I'm a little scared. I don't like doing kink stuff with non-black people. Um, Fair. Is there honest brotherhood in in Toronto? Probably, I don't know. Um, I mean, I'm sure you probably find out your resources. I mean, you're a well connected gal. I am. I am. My friend was like, "You can just like." I didn't have a ticket. I didn't feel like buying a ticket. And he was like, "You probably just DM them. Just go like, I'm a pre- just give me a press pass. Come verify it, and they'll probably give it to you." Which has happened before. I've gotten to so many like elite parties just saying I have a blue check mark and just waving in front of their face and just go, oh, right this way, sir. Uh not at the door. I had to DM them like a day in advance, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. I can't wait to see what kind of privileges this unlock when I move to LA. We have no idea how I'm gonna do the podcast from uh West Coast time. It's gonna be yeah, eleven for y'all, it's gonna be eight for me. 
Okay, that's all the time we have for today. Thank you for stopping yes. by. Um, make sure to add us on all your alt accounts. Um, make sure to support us and make sure to also keep an eye on Geeks of Color. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Adios. Packets. <laughs> <laughs>